0: We have a very exciting episode here today as the man, the myth, the capitalist pig himself, Mr. Steve Larson sits down and joins the program once again, this time to talk audience building, content creation, business development, and more. But before we dive into that, I wanted to remind you guys about the free five-day audience creation workshop that is coming up next week, where I'm going to take you through the step-by-step process to growing a wildly profitable audience of engaged customers that are immediately ready to buy your product and service. Literally the exact process that I Used to grow and manage over 6 million followers for my clients and students, make them over $3 million in confirmed cash collected. I'm going to take you through that exact process. All right, what this is going to show you how to do is literally be able to go out and find your dream customer, get in front of them consistently, build an audience around that so you can sell your offer to your dream customer consistently every single time, all right? We're gonna be going over how to pick your platform, how to pick your and design your messaging, how to create lots of content, how to design your offer so that it sells immediately, and then how to launch in 63 days or less. If you guys would like to attend that, all you gotta do is go to josh40.com slash workshop. That's josh40.com slash workshop. Link down in the description of this podcast. Uh, Registration closes. Is Sunday, May 31st. This Sunday, uh, the workshop is live. It starts Monday, June 1st, and we'll go for five days. It'll be like unlike anything else that you've ever seen or attended, all right? It's going to be absolutely awesome, and uh, we're not just learning together, we're building together. So if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur that's trying to build your online audience, trying to find your a dream customer, get in front of them consistently, and scale your business, you do not want to miss this, all right? Josh40.com slash workshop, and I will see you there. All right, let's cut over to Mr. Steve Larson and enjoy the episode. You are now entering a new paradigm So here is my issue On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and I'm here with the man himself, Mr. Steve Larson, dude. Welcome back.
1: Hey, dude. Thanks for having me, man. I say... No to repeat interviews all the time with yours i'm just like what time of day dude yeah <laughs> thanks for having me on thanks for having me
0: yeah dude it's always a blast and your interviews are one of those ones that people always like they're like oh, steve's coming back on yes of course i want to listen to it so i'm like sweet <laughs> give the people what they want but uh i got dude i got to start off with your hair right now because for those of you listening on audio you can't see this but steve is bald it's gone Super bald. so what? what what happened dude I actually had my hair like this for a long time
1: before I ever built an internet presence. And uh, my head, you know, I don't know, I just missed it.
0: <laughs> it's nice, man, it's so nice. So you just shave your head, one just decided, oh, you did it for the Traffic Secrets launch though, right? Well, uh, hmm. the truth behind that, I'd already
1: done it. And I was just seeing if I could get more book sales out of it, so I was like, I'll shave my head. So that's why in the videos I'm wearing a hat, because I'd already done it.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: And I got a bunch more sales and then I just took
0: the hat off. That's so funny, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, I see you tearing up the mountains, dude. You're over there in Boise. You're running up and down. What's with all that? I feel like you're like getting out and about more and doing fun stuff.
1: You know, I just uh, uh, prior to the army, I was doing a lot of sprint triathlons and had a lot of fun doing those. I competed in them and placed in them. Really. Yeah, I, it's a part of my life most don't know about because I've been focused on all the marketing stuff, but I'm just getting back to it, getting back to lifting hard. I was a single digit body fat for a long time and just kind of going back to what I enjoy doing. So.
0: And any motivation behind that besides just like, I like doing it or?
1: You know, um, I feel like I've done a lot of work to build what I have and I just want to go back to, you know, I've been playing my, playing my musical instruments again, been singing more, been like, I have recognized in the past especially the past like three months, you know, when you first started out in this game, it's super hard because you're like any dollar would be great. Right. But after a while, it's like, do I want to make that kind of dollar? Do I want to do that kind of business? And so I've been redesigning my whole company actually. And uh, we've been, I've been shifting people in different roles, like crazy, getting mm. rid of stuff, getting rid of products, kicking up things where I'm realizing like, this is my zone. Um, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, why am I mm. playing in this field? Chop, 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 chop. And then to go back through and realize that I want a little bit more lifestyle to wag the tail, you know, instead of where's the next dollar. Yeah. It's been a transition period for me.
0: I think that's interesting too, because you talk about the game and I know there's something that you and I have talked about a lot is getting into the game, right. And, and becoming obsessed with the game. And, and um, I was talking with my uh, coach about this, I don't know, the past several months really specifically is I, I'm tra- in this transitionary process in my business right now where I'm going to done for you, done with you, and we're actually coming out with a product, which is going to be so nice. And um, I told my coach, I was like, one of my biggest problems is that when I got into this whole thing, I, I had this like false belief that it was hard to make money. And so I would take any like any big chunk of money. If someone was willing to pay me 25 grand, to me in my head, that was like such this disconnect from my reality. I was like, I- if that is a, th- a thing, I'm going to take it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I would go and I would do it. And now I'm like realizing, you know, like you said there, it's like you really, at some point, you have to pick and choose, right? At some yeah. point, you get to decide like, do I want that type of money? Because like all all products all services and all all ways that you make money are not created equal in the slightest bit um i don't think enough people i don't think enough people realize that at the beginning why why is that like why do you think people just will take anything at the beginning
1: i think just at the beginning because you're you're fighting a lot of stuff like mentally and emotionally i remember it was like i needed to make the money because i needed to make the money but at the same time i was trying to validate to others to myself that, that i'm not crazy you know? <laughs> you know what i mean and so yeah. i call it the shut up check it's that's it's the shut up check you're mm. trying to get like oh is that the business gonna work you're like it did yeah. shut up. you know what i mean yeah it's the shut up check that comes from sean terry but uh i i uh um you're you're chasing the shut up check because a lot of anyway and i get it but i watch russell go through multiple this is like a multiple phases multiple yeah times this happens where it's like when i because when I got to ClickFunnels, it was like he was still doing tons of other things besides ClickFunnels. Yeah. I got to mm-hmm. witness him shutting stuff down. It was a really interesting th- thing to watch. Like, nope, 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 just this. You know, yeah. That was really cool to see, and I feel like I'm doing that again right now.
0: Well, I, I want to talk about actually that relationship with Russell um, and, and not so much maybe that specific relationship. That's just, you know, your version of that, because um, yeah. I know like Austin Dixon works for you now. Right. And he's he's got to sit in that role kind of like you underneath Russell, Austin underneath you and Colton to a certain extent, too. One of the things like I'm in the process of growing a team. Right. And now I'm like, oh, man, there are things that I would love to learn that like I can't pay for access to. Right? It's like, I would love, like I'm I'm gonna get into Alex Sharfin's coaching, right, for example. I'm like, that's amazing, right? Like this is super, super cool. But I'm like, man, wouldn't it be dope to like go tour Apple for like a month and see like their company culture, right? Yeah. Like see how they, how much did actually being in a company culture, like sitting underneath someone not watching what they teach but literally watching the things that they do the stuff that's like not marketing the stuff that will never sell the stuff that is not sexy at all that they did how much did that play into effect for you to figure out what you need to do
1: massive yeah that's why you joined masterminds man yeah because you get to see behind everyone's forward-facing marketing you know like masterminds being in the room being present i'm really big on and there's been a few exceptions to this, but most of the time, if someone works for me, they have to physically be in the same city because we will be in the same room. Yeah. Uh, it's, and I know you can do it virtually and stuff like that, but I would rather have a very small team. There's only like five of us. Yeah. You know, what roles and, do you have? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, schools. cool. So there's like five of us. And then there's like, I have teams. So this is the way I treat it is like, and it, everyone watching and listening, this does not mean it's the way. Right? <laughs> this is how I do it. And it's evolved there, I didn't start here too. But everyone who works for me underneath the same roof, we're all marketers. Hmm. uh, And we're all revenue generating roles. I pretty much outsource everything else that has to do with a cost or fulfillment based role. Interesting. And that's kind of how I set it up That because I need my my core team to just be a revenue driver and focus on that 24 seven and everything else, like for the most part is outsourceable to some agency
0: hmm what role like what roles do you have in-house now uh content
1: all right so john i call him he's, he's my and i i don't so again everyone this is just my own theories i don't have this from a book this is, the, <laughs> this is just me all right so i'm not your business guru either i just was talking with Alex alksharfen before i got on this actually um he is
0: my business building guru that i listen to dude he's smart wait can we let's let's pause just real quick alex is like way smart yeah. Like, like, wow. Like, I got on the phone with him. Yeah. I, we had him on an interview uh, like a couple weeks ago. And like, he and I like kind of connected. And he was like, hey, afterwards, he's like, hey, I, I want to get on the phone with you. I want to talk with you. And I was yeah. like, all right, sweet. And like, we got on the phone. And like, dude, he had me emotional. Like, when he was talking about like, like what the, the what his goal is to like help these visionary entrepreneurs, because I'm like, dude, for the first time in my life, I, you just described me nobody has been able to describe me, right? Like nobody gets it. And I'm like, I feel weird talking to people about things, right, I've been told my whole life, I'm like, you know, that's not reality. You can't just go and do that. That's not how things work. And I'm always sitting there going, why? And he comes in and is like, here's why. And like, he explains my whole thing. And I'm like, that's literally exactly how I think. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, that's how entrepreneurs think. And he like goes in. So anyway, Alex is a really, really smart dude. I'm really looking forward to learning from him because I've heard like nothing but goodness about him.
1: Yeah amazing guy absolutely and so like i hesitate to answer some of this question because i want people to follow me from my lane you know what i mean yeah. like so everyone listening like just know this is how i do it i i hire entrepreneurs and it's a requirement that they have a side business to work for me mm. very different mentality yeah they have to and it's because like they go learn these things these creative outlets like i'll just say last week we had an event and i was on stage doing this virtual thing, you know, everyone's going virtual now, which has been great. And and it went awesome. But while I was on stage, dude, we had a hundred grand week. And it's because wow. Austin, I'm realizing, dude, that kid is a brilliant copywriter. Hmm. And he would rather be writing copy than building funnels. And I'm like, sweet, let's change him on the bus. Let's change seats. Same bus, different seat. And let's go find anyway. So it's just anyway. That would not have happened if I did not require that he had a side business. Huh, huh. You know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's super interesting. That's, like Robert Kiyosaki's business, like in order to work for Robert Kiyosaki, you have to have a side business. And and I was like, that's brilliant. Like, that's brilliant. So every single person who works for me, they have a side thing on hmm. purpose, or I don't even hire them. Hmm. And and I, I ask them what that is because it tells me like, they're gonna see, they're not gonna question me as much when they
0: see how I operate. Hmm. They bring more to the table. They're seeing, it's, it's really powerful. How do you balance that though with like workload and work effort? Like, do you just, I mean, are they like independent contractors? Are they salary based? I mean, you don't have to go into like super details, but like my big thing with, as I've been growing a team is because most of my people have like side businesses as well, but like I've ba- I've set it up to where I'm like, you have a side business, but also I'm your, like, I'm your number one right? So like I I come priority. Is that how how you have it set up? Or like, do you run into any tension there?
1: It's all on a handshake too. You know, I don't have, we never sign anything, but it's a, um, from the work hours, which I set, I am their number one focus. Um, and then they also can't do the equivalent of insider trading meeting. If Mm. they know that something's coming up because they're privy to information that they're going to be because I have a lot of connections with a lot of big people now, they can't go do personal moves based on those things. Yeah. And under those two things, I don't care. Obviously, you can't steal from me. Right. Can't go do. But, you know, it, it's right. uh, I, I specifically hire entrepreneurs because of the way their brains work. The challenge has been I've had to get far more of an aggressive project and process manager because of how fast their stuff works, like every time I hire a brand new entrepreneur, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, our load capacity didn't double; it like tripled." Oh, and then again, and again. So I, I've got have had to get way better at process and project management. Yeah, um, as a side necessity, because otherwise, there's been a few times where I'm like, "Okay, get these things done for this week." You know, it'll be like Tuesday. They're like, "Done." That's exactly. <laughs> like, are you serious? That's exactly right. Oh my right. gosh. <laughs> yeah. I got to go recalibrate how fast my team can move again. Like, I don't know how people hire tons of people so fast. It's like, yeah, probably the type of person.
0: Well, and I think that's it too. So Sam Ovens, I was really big into his stuff for a while. And I'm still a a really big fan of his mentality when it comes to like business structure or whatnot. And he did a statistic one time. He's like the average company that makes similar revenue to him. I forget what it was, like $20 million a year or something like that had Mm. hired like, it was like 112 employees or something like that was like, was it, and he had eight. And he was making the exact same right. amount of revenue. And he's like, when you, like your business can't be dependent on people, but you do need to hire the right people, right? And when you yeah. hire the right people, and you hire that right person, you can be like wickedly efficient, right? And I'm like, mm. Mm, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I noticed that I, I have Carrie, who is my operations manager. She runs all that. And I was like, all right, Carrie, I'd need to hire you full-time, 40 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, thinking I've had this massive list for her and all these things. And I sent it over to her and she's like, yeah, you need me for like, 12 hours a week. And I was like, "Say so what? <laughs> and sure <laughs> enough, she gets it all done. And I'm like, this is amazing. Right. And when you hire those right people, I think it really, it's very interesting how the compound effect of like different smart people in their lane, just expedite, uh, expedites things.
1: It's been nuts, man. Like, so the thing that I've been working on, it's been hard to calibrate this because the last three months is for me has been a little bit weird, but like I hired two new A players really close together and I hadn't had enough time to kind of recalibrate my workload and how much I can expect us to get done with the first one. second one came a little too fast and the teams felt it. And so there's been some dead time, a little bit more than normal. Um, But I'm just like, Oh my gosh, we can do this and this. And it's like, it's, it's been cool because it's taken stuff off my plate to for me to focus on my zone of genius. But I also have had to like kind of rearm myself and get better at certain things. So
0: it's been good. I want to transition into the next topic here, but one more question about this, because I think it's interesting. Um, yeah. How do you balance like everything that's going on? Like, <laughs> like, like dude, I'm like, my, my biggest issue, I voxed Katie the other day and I was like, there are so many moving pieces right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, we're in the middle of a launch, we got this going on, we got, and I was like, and everything's working, it is. And I'm not used to that, right? I'm like, I'm used to things breaking, right, all the time. And I'm like, fixing, fixing, fixing. And I'm like, I'm standing back and I'm like, I just surpassed probably like a month and a half ago, two months ago in my business. I surpassed the fact of like, I couldn't, if everything went wrong, I couldn't fix it. You know what I mean? Like there's too much going on. And so now it's literally, I'm no longer fixing the car. We're like driving in a complete fleet and I've got everybody around me. And if something goes wrong, <laughs> I can't be the one that goes and fixes it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. you <sighs> right. I'm like, and, and I, I know when I talked to him, I, I very quickly realized I was going to love him. Right. And I was yeah. like, this is like, how do you manage all that, dude? Like it's a lot um, of moving stuff.
1: Well, there's, it's part of what I'm going through right now where it's like, I'm realizing I want a little more lifestyle and it's because Every entrepreneur, ultimately, I want everyone to hear this. The goal is not to stay an entrepreneur, mm. to become a business owner, right? It's to become a CEO. And like, uh, what, 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 is a, what is a business owner or CEO in the business of? Systems. Yeah. They just build and tweak systems. What is an entrepreneur actually in the business of? Solving valuable problems. That's all. But that's different than a marketer. Yeah, a marketer is in the role. Their role is to bring solutions to a market. That's it. Yeah. And so, like, we're all like, we're entrepreneurs. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, you're solving a valuable problem. It's cool. But eventually, you need to take on the role of a marketer and deliver that to a marketplace. And eventually, if you really want to like play the game, you have to become a business owner. Yeah. And that requires systems and structure and, and these and checks and balances and tracking and and goals and. And and that kind of stuff, and it's a it's a weird skill set that most people don't think they need, but they will never have time freedom as, if they don't do it. Yeah, if they don't do it. There's just too many entrepreneurs. He's like they just burn out or they die, and it's like because they're trying to do it solo, and it's this badge of honor. You're gonna kill yourself. Yeah, it just doesn't work that
0: way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Huh? Yeah, That that's uh that's the phase I'm in right now is going through yeah. and taking a step back and being like, oh, team, you can do it, right? Like. Good job. Like, oh my gosh, I don't have to do this thing right now. Like, this is amazing, right? Um, we, totally. just, we just hired an evening and weekends customer support person. So, like, one of the things that I'm biggest on in my company is customer support. I'm like, if, if you don't have customer support, like, you will lose all repeat customers. So, we have, like, some of the best customer support in the industry. Two-hour response time, six days a week, like, round the clock, like, everything like that. And my team went through, found created the application for, hired, like, or interviewed, hired, onboarded and everything, this new employee, before I even met them, right? And I was like, whoa, that's super cool. And obviously, like, I had the final say, like, right before they signed everything. I met him. I was like, okay, yep, you're good to go. But, like, that whole process, like, that's hiring someone's a big deal. It takes a lot of my time. They went through and eliminated, like, everything, and I was like, this is so cool. Um, so, anyway, that's kind of the phase I'm in now. It's so fun. I, I want to transition into audience creation, dude, and yeah. audiences, which we got a, a workshop coming up next week that's teaching people basically what what I did for you with the Facebook group, you know, when Love we it. did that. Um Love what we it. did for Brad, what we did for Yaks Brothers with, you know, all their stuff, launching audiences. Um and I just I want you to share with people like the importance of an audience. Cause I think like I think everybody like knows it in theory, right? They're like, oh yeah, if you have a following, you can sell stuff right? It's like, oh yeah, if you have a following, like you don't have to pay for ads sometimes, right? Which not even, that's not necessarily true, but like, you know what I mean? It's like they have this perception of, they think they know what it is, but I don't think they do. And like, just kind of share with people like the importance of an audience and like what it's done to change your life and business.
1: Yeah. I have a different take on this because, so I was speaking at this event. I've actually had several events where this is the purpose that the spoken at a few of them where the the intent of the event was to say here's how to become popular (laughs) you know what i mean here's how to become celebrity here's how to become and it just like it cracks me up like the polar opposite thing of why you want actually want an audience right (laughs) um, gosh like come on i'm out do you ever see you ever see the office like all of the office or whatever like six times probably so yeah, too, right? <laughs> it's one of those things I just rewatched the last little bit. Right. One of the main characters, he's going in. They're like, Andy, you're going to go leave. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go become famous. That's like why he's leaving. And then it's like there's no other plan, nothing else. he's <laughs> just going to go get famous. And like, I feel like entrepreneurs do the exact same thing where they yeah. want this authority, how to become an authority figure. Hard reality. If you're good, you're going to have it. Just give it some time. I don't chase the authority piece. And I think people feel that. And it's one of the reasons stuff has gone well. Yeah. i so just like, whatever. What I do want to do is I do believe that I owe it to my message once I figured out what that is, because it took me a long time and I still feel like I'm getting more clear on what that is. Yeah. But yeah. once you find what that message is, you do owe it to your message and your future customers to get as loud as possible. Yeah but that doesn't mean you do it for the sake of authority and more to become a huge celebrity status and to become, it just, it drives me crazy. Right. It drives me crazy. Cause like you can do that for sure, but it's just this short bridge, this very short road. It's just not going to lead very far. Right. Um, So as far as building an audience for the sake of an audience, if you want to build an audience, in my opinion, for the sake of a purpose for some cause for like the, you know, the ability to sell things for sure. Like that's, that's very nice. Um, but few people ever just join a list so that you can pitch them. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. You gotta have some purpose behind it. You know, why are you really doing it? capitalist pick? We're like, yeah, I believe in that. And then they follow that. And that's, you know. So it's usually done, in my opinion, best with some kind of like legitimate cause.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's super important because I mean, and and we say like the type of people that I'd like to serve, the type of people that I work with you, the brads, the axes is entrepreneurs with a message, right? Entrepreneurs that actually have some form of focus. And what I tell, and what I tell people is, is I'm like, we are not, and I'm so, I'm super glad that you brought this up. Like we have, you know, ads going right now and we've got, you know, messaging out everywhere. And it's like, we are not in the game of vanity metrics, right? Like we do not care about followers for the sake of followers. We don't care about members for the sake of members. We care about creating an audience a fan base of actual customers like people that will actually pay you money and Mm -hmm. one of my big pet peeves is and don't get me wrong I love Gary Vaynerchuk and I love you know kind of everybody that's out there that like wants to provide value but it's like I just want to provide value to my audience and it's like well that's why you're not selling them something great well if you actually cared about your audience you would sell them something because if you were to go out there I mean like you have hobbies right I have hobbies Mm -hmm. I'm a Perfect example, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, right? I'm a follow his stuff, engage on his stuff, watch the football, guess what I do? I spend money, I buy his jersey, I buy their hats, I buy, I buy tickets to the game. Like I want okay. to spend money with the things I'm interested in. People are following you, they're tied into your message, they're, they're following you for a reason, they're interested in what you have to say, so sell them something. Like sell them that next piece to it. And so for me, like having an audience of people that I could communicate to changed my whole life. Like it changed my yeah. business, it changed my life. I know you have that message. Like you are someone that has the message, that capitalist pig the, you know, the going out there and, and very capitalist folks. Yeah. yeah, you and I are very, very, very similar in that way. Right? Yeah. You're, you're a little bit more hardcore, I think, than I am, but like, sure. but like I'm right there with your message, right? So right. people buy into that. What changed in your business and your life when you actually grew it up? Like when you built a, a, a message or an audience around those people, a raving fan base of customers that are like, that's what I'm into that's who I'm going to follow. And that's who I'm going to buy from. Like what changed in your life?
1: Well, for me, honestly, and and, and I think this is true for anybody, you don't need ridiculous clarity on that to start building a following, you know, part of it. Like, it's just like any type of type of TV show. If you just think about it, like people just need a reason to tune in. And so um, give them a reason, you know, or they're just not going to. So for me, when I was, this is legitimately what the plan was. I mean, this is not like, I'm not looking backward, like putting pieces together. The plan was for me to leave my job in the most dramatic way possible, with no money, no revenue, no funnel, no offer. I highly do not recommend that. <laughs> I did that because of my background and where I came from and skill sets, and you know. So I was like, how can I document the most ridiculous leaving ever? Because I was asking myself, like, what are my assets? And I was like, that's a really short list. Yeah. You know? actual assets, like none, you know, at that time, you know, the actual, like there was not many assets. Yeah, I was like, okay, but I do have the gift of the scenario that I'm in. And so I was like, I'm going to go and be loud about it. No revenue, nothing else. Bam. And I gave him a reason to listen to document what was happening along the whole way um as i left and i remember which was super ballsy like again i don't remember that. <laughs> oh, i cannot tell you the aggressive work that i put in for so long uh but you know it was um it was cool though and the audience really appreciated the vulnerability with it but what was interesting is i noticed by about episode 20 or 30 i started finding and becoming more comfortable with my voice yeah episode 80 around there i got good at um started Started sharing a few more of my opinions and then around it was specifically around 120. I don't know what was different hmm. or what was going on, like, but I started sharing my opinions without fear of people's reaction. Mm. And I I think that's the thing that I want to bring up the most for people is like, yeah. If you want to grow a following, understand that they're actually going to grow you <laughs> by necessity, or they won't follow you anyway. Like they're gonna look at you and go, Oh you want to be a leader of us in this falling to be a falling means that we're going to, have to follow who are we going to follow you? Look at all your holes, Steven, check that out. Did you know, you're not amazing at this. Like, Oh, you suck at that. And I'm like, let me be your leader. And they're like, psh, psh, you know, like they don't know they're doing that, but you're going to go through to be a, a leader. Like you're going to have to lead and they're going to show you what you suck at. And um, if you can look at the game ahead of time and agree to the game, and agree to what, like, and kind of give yourself to it, you'll become somebody who's just like, so vastly different than who you are right now, which there's nothing wrong with who you are now, but if your purpose is growth, I can't think of a faster accelerant than building a following, trying to lead, they'll agree whether or not they're gonna follow you, and they're gonna expose crap in you and your life and personal flaws that you've had no idea were there, no idea. So there's this awareness that it brings, and it's just changed my life. Not just in, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, like, Last night I was hanging out with some friends and I'm not awesome in social, in social situations. (laughs) I just am not, you know, but the three years ago me was really not awesome in social situations. Um, And because of what business has taught me to do, I actually show up as myself more in every area of life. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I need to hide or apologize or, and it's really nice, you know, yeah, and, and I yeah. feel like I actually have this more mental internal calmness and peace than I ever have. A lot of that's in due to just the fact of consistent publishing, audience creation.
0: Yeah. You know? changed yeah. My life. Yeah. And I, I, so I just did an episode about this actually on on this podcast uh, last Monday, I think it was, and it was the skill set that changed my life the most, right? Or maybe it was last mm-hmm. Friday. And it was, I talking about that specific thing. And I was like, when you have an audience, when you actually understand what that means, because like the core parts of your audience is you've got your messaging, right? You've got a location, right? A location that you're sending people to and getting people from, right? Mm -hmm. You've got some form of content, right? Whether that's Facebook Lives or podcasts or YouTube creation or whatever, you've got content to deliver that message. And then you've got an offer at which that offer is either a paid offer that will keep you sustainable or the offer of you know, like a Gary Vaynerchuk style which is show up and watch me speak at different events, right? So like those are really the core parts of your audience. But when you really look at like the messaging side of that, like you've got to get loud. Like you've got to throw rocks, you've got to have a message, you've got to know what you stand for and believe in. And when you do that, that like puts a magnifying glass on every little thing that you say, right? And it's like, and so it forces you to level up. It forces for better you,
1: or for worse. Or for
0: worse, right. <laughs> and it just, and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And so I see so many people that are like, I'm gonna build an audience because having an audience is gonna make it easier to sell. And like, that's true. It is, right? Like you're gonna get so many more customers if you have an audience to sell to. That's what initially yeah. got me into it. But the the that effect of the audience, which is what you're talking about here, which I did not expect, was either. as like Oh wow! Everybody has an opinion, whether it's my opinion or not. Like they have an opinion on my opinion, right? And I'll put it out there, especially you're gonna hear it, and loudly. Like (laughs) they will message you, they will DM you, they will comment on your stuff, they will. I mean, they will make sure you hear it. And what's crazy about that is though, is that I hear a lot of people that are like, "Well, I'm not getting any engagement on my posts. I'm not hearing any feedback on my posts." And I'm always just like, "Well, then you." then you don't know your message well enough yet, right?
1: Yeah, you're not positioning at all. You're,
0: you're right because like people, like if you state an opinion, people have opinions back, especially on social media. And so I think that that's very interesting is it, it gives you this personal development test, much similar to entrepreneurship, right? And I mean, they are different. They go hand in hand, but the entrepreneurship and, and audience building are different, right? Yeah. But like when you merge the two of them together, like, it's like, huh? oh, huh, this is what I need to be and this is who I am. And that, I think that changed my life almost as much as the the financial impact of having an audience did. You know what I mean? Totally.
1: Oh, 100%, because now I sit back and I ask myself questions like, what does the audience need? You know, wh- how can I give them the most value? And you'll find that the audience is kind of like this, this, it's almost like, you, when I think about like, okay, the whole red ocean, blue ocean thing, sexy, sexy in theory, very hard to pull off Yeah, from that, right? like. I'm gonna go create a blue ocean. Like, what? You're gonna create a brand new market? That That is, ugh, like I, I, little rant. But what I do is like, I don't go try to create a blue ocean. I try to create a blue product and sell it to the red ocean. That's mm. way easier, Yeah, that's way easier. But what happens is, as you start to do that and your following begins to grow, like what is a marketplace? People, right, and yeah. so, When you actually build a blue ocean, what you're really doing is building an audience. Mm. And so you start to start, I mean, your audience starts to reflect the rest of the real marketplace that you sell. And so they become this amazing testing ground for everything that you do. Everything, yeah. And it becomes this great security for you. And I know that times economically have been hard for people, but like, honestly, they were before. And they'll always be. And they're always gonna happen. Like, that's a stupid excuse to not do something it's all it was always gonna be a bad experience. Anyway, different topic on that. But what yeah. what what I do though is like because the audience is there, they're kind of like um mm. kind of like a snapshot of how I can expect the rest of the marketplace to behave for what I actually go put out there.
0: Yeah, and and with that, I think if people actually had that perception of audience building, if they did not look at audience building as followers and Facebook group members, but rather yeah but rather the market that they're creating. I think that that would change the perception of what people are building for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Because like, if you have 50,000 followers, but only 500 of them are your customers, your yeah. audience is really like 500 people, right? And so yeah. like social media brings this like false sense of reality, which is why, like when we worked with Brad, for example, right? I was like, Brad, Who's your customers, right? Like, who are we, you know, who are we going for? And he's like, well, we've got these, you know, these big groups or these big podcasts and things where you can get on. And I was like, but is that who we're serving, right? Like, is, is that who we're actually after? And he's like, well, no, your but I'm. Well, th- this other, yeah, this other person's audience. Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, no, not really. But he's like, but I was thinking we could get members and exposure that way. And I was like, but yeah, but like, that's the wrong, like, it's the wrong type of exposure, right? And so that's like one thing that, like, we really, really focus on that I don't, like, a lot of people that teach that audience creation, and like, there's a lot of people out there do it. I'm not trying to call anybody out specifically. Like, you, you fill in the blank. But it's like, how to get fifty thousand followers on Instagram? How to get ten thousand new followers a month?
1: Means nothing.
0: Nothing. And why like, do you want the
1: right? <laughs> and my and that's not why I'm even following you. They just click the button because the difference between a lead and an opt-in, opt-in does not mean lead. It's the same thing. You know A lead is someone with there's a sales interest in what you're doing, a right. purchasing interest. And often, yeah, I'm going to click follow. I'm going to click subscribe. But that's totally different than a lead. Yeah. You know? And it's like, we got to have these opt-ins where followers are coming on in. Eventually, you got to turn them into leads. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, I can get you 50,000 followers. I'm like, I don't...
0: like. do they know what they're following? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's uh, But yeah, that, and that's why I'm like build your audience, build your list, like build your following of people. But like, I mean, like when I say that, I don't mean build your Instagram following. I mean, build your following of people that will follow you to the ends of the earth, that will follow you from platform to platform, that will show up to your event, build that core thousand fans, the thousand true fans, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what it is that you're trying to build and trying to do. Because if you have that, then everything else kind of falls into place. And what's Mm -hmm. interesting is that when you create content, for those type of people, it will always get less engagement. One of the one of the biggest aha moments that I like discovered when it comes to teaching content creation, right? Because this is something everybody's like, how do I create content? How do I create content? Right? I went on uh, this world trip back in well, we left in October of last year, right? Yeah, a bit ago, yeah. Right. right, gone for gone for two months, and during that time, I was like. We're going to have such great content, right? We have a drone. We had like, I don't know, like $10,000, $15,000 in camera equipment that we brought with us, right? Like it was sweet. And so I have all this footage of me literally jumping off of like 50 foot waterfalls, like down into the thing. We got the drone footage up there. I'm like, it's just epic views are up. Engagement is up, uh, you know, because we started a new channel and everything like that. I'm like, this is amazing. Right. And then I get back and I'm like, all right, now it's time to go get some clients. Right. Now it's time to actually, you know, make it rain, baby. I'm, I'm back to work. And I go to that audience. And then I also go to the other audience that engagement was down on it. Views were down on it. Right. But I was still publishing. Right. I was still just putting out content, still, you know, feeding that to them and just giving them what they needed. I got at least 10 times the amount of views out of the content that I got from that world trip than I did on my other stuff. Right. Yeah. I got zero clients from it. Not one. Not one single client, like actual high paying client (laughs) from all of that. We spent all that time, all that money. don't get me wrong, it was so much fun. I don't regret that at all from a a personal fulfillment standpoint. It was awesome, right? But it's like, at that moment, I realized there's two types of content. There is content as a product, and then there is content as an education tool to deliver your message. And what most people teach is, hey, how to create content as a product that will never develop into a product. Logan Paul, right? Casey Neistat, Joe Rogan, those type of people—they can create content as a product because they have a hundred million views, right? They have literal millions of people doing that, and their customer is not their listener. Their customer—it's it's, it. Their customer is or the platform <laughs> is YouTube, the platform, the advertiser of whatever, right? So if yeah. for Joe Rogan it, or you know Ben Shapiro, it's it's you know the VPN that he uses, right? Like it's all the advertisers. That's their customer base. They're not creating content for you. They're creating cost- content for them, right? Yeah. And you just happen to be watching it. And when I realized that switch, I was like, oh, my, my views, my engagement numbers matter nothing anymore unless, yeah. unless the message is right first. And like when I made that switch, my, num- my listens went down. My downloads went down for the first like two, two months. But my like, reven- revenue probably went up. Like doubled during those months, <laughs> yeah. right? Isn't that funny, man? It's That's why I don't look at those metrics. Insane. This-
1: yeah, these this is this is what I call this is the difference between I always tell my team, because we publish a lot of material. My purpose is not to create content like a content maker. That's what everyone does. Yes. My purpose is to create content like a marketer. That's different content. That's content that brings somebody in. I don't want I don't want to make content like a content creator. I don't want to build audiences like an audience maker. I want to build audiences like a marketer. And that's totally there's an intent behind it. There's sales-based you know, intent, a future intent that you're putting behind that stuff, which is why, like, if I go do a, a podcast interview, eh, kind of like this, right. Or whatever, what I'm doing is marketing, not an interview. Right. What I do, if I do it with a certain manner. Right. And so I turn back around and everything that we film, everything we shoot, we always make sure that we are tying it back to where are we trying to lead them, where are we are trying to bring their And right. there's always value throughout. We're always helping right. them, but it's, it's not about how many clicks can I get to press like? It's not about that at
0: all. At it's, all, yeah.
1: Can I track it to a future purchase or relationship with a future customer?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, if if you would if people would approach it that way, their whole business would change. Which is everything. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a shameless plug here, guys. Next week we have the workshop coming up. It's a five day workshop about how to create audiences. How I've grown and managed over six million followers, including some for this man right here, um, and done over three million dollars in cash collected. Actual, trackable, like proven, seen it from our clients, cash collected, $3 million in revenue in the past several years. If you would like to attend that workshop, it's five days completely for free. It starts next week. Go to josh slash workshop or check the link down in the description. We'll link it down there. Okay, shameless plug. This is what we're talking about. But you're a marketer. But I'm a marketer. Right there. That's why we're doing this. People click the dang link. Right. And it's, and it's, that's the difference. And I get so mad. Like it's, it, you know how some things, like, it's like the stupidest thing. It's like most people wouldn't get upset about it, but it's like because it's your, <laughs> it's your zone and it's like it's the thing that you do, you're like, ah, yeah, like, I why? Will, I want your <laughs> the crap out of this. It's, it is the people that, and, and they're brilliant marketers, right? I, I give it to them, but it's the people that are out there that are like, get more followers because more followers equals more money. And it's like, no. that is not how that works. It's not true. At all. More customers equals more money. And that's what I teach people how to get. An audience of customers. An audience of people that will pay you because they become loyal fans. They stick around. And I've, I've forked out money to a lot of people, right? I have paid a lot of different people a lot of different money, right? I am smart with the decisions that I make. Don't get me wrong. I'm not an idiot. I don't just give anybody money. But there have been very, very few times when I pay for something. I've done my due diligence. I know they're a credible person where I pay them for something and I'm mad about it, right? Like, I'll buy it. I might not even go through the program, but I'm like, nope, but now I'm paying attention to you and I'm not mad about it, right? Because whether or not it was the program, I mean, there was a program that I bought one time, I never opened it, right? And we've all done it, right? We buy a program, we never open it. But simply because I went and bought it and I put money towards that thing, I started paying attention to those type of things and I actually ended up solving my problems with it, even though I never opened the course simply because I gave money to it to pay for it. So you still got the benefit. So I got the benefit from it. Exactly. And yep. that's all that's what you're paying for. You're not paying for the stupid thing anyway. You're paying for the benefit of what it is that it brings.
1: I had to explain it to a few clients this last week. I was just like, someone was really mad. They're like, it doesn't feel like I did I got this thing. I was like, but I did it, I did apply this one principle and we've made more money than we ever have. And I was like, Wait, so you, you got it? what we
0: did for you, you say it actually worked then? Like <laughs> and it's not about the modules. <laughs> and and that's the thing. It's like every every business is different, right? Every audience is different. And this is one of the things. So in the in the product that we created, um and when you and I actually talked about this a little bit, I'm like, I do not want to be an agency, dude. Oh my gosh, right? Sure. Like I don't want to build stuff for people all the time. Like I will work with a few dream clients, like select, select few people, right? And then that's it. But there's a lot of people that do, that they do want services done. And so what we did in the actual, like in our product is we actually went and all the people that work on my own stuff, like my funnel builder, my copywriter, my like whatever, we did a la carte because I'm like, everybody in their business has a different thing, has different things already set up. And their audience has different things already set up, right? And what pisses me off is that people, they'll buy into a program and they'll be like, I'm buying, t- paying $25,000 for something or $10,000 for something. I expect to get everything. And it's like, well, you only need this, this, and this. And they're like, but I bought everything, so deliver it. And I'm like, okay, but you know that that's, you literally have it set up there, it's totally fine. And they're like, oh, okay, then don't, don't worry about it. And then I'll get to the end. They're like, but I paid for all this, why didn't I get it? I was like, cause you are, like, you paid for a result. You didn't, you didn't pay, like we only build it if you need it. And they Josh like- Josh
1: and I can't make you rich, everybody. Like, it's like, it's so crazy. <laughs> uh, so,
0: but, enough, enough ranting. I want to go. I want to move on to the next topic here, uh, kind of right along with this, which is the the topic of publishing. Okay. This is something that I know you're huge on, huge. A- and and I'm uh, huge on you and I are both just content machines, right? I, I publish how many how, how many episodes you publish a week normally?
1: Uh, we're a little bit not in full tilt right now, just because I'm waiting for my studio to get finished being built. Right. But when we're in the flow of it, and for for a couple of years, it was probably three, but it was three that was like. I can't even tell you how much micro content came from it. I mean, it was we were so loud for so long. We'll get back to it, it'll be even louder, but it's, it's a lot of shows. It's a lot of episodes.
0: How many, how many episodes total have you done? 150,
1: 300, probably close to 500 between everything.
0: So I think this is episode 225 of this yeah. podcast uh, yeah. or something like that, something close to 220, 225. And I did like um close to like four or 500 live streams before nice. the podcast started, right? In the, sure, in oh, including I, that. Including that, know. yeah. It's, it's, you know, that, you know, I'm sure it's over thousands for you. So like, I'm right there with three episodes a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we put it out. Um, and the thing I always hear is like, how do you produce so much content, right? Like, how do you come up with so many topics? H- how do you know what to talk about? Why do, you, why do you spend so much time and effort on creating content when you could be going and signing clients or when you could be doing work? So I'm just gonna, Steve, why do you produce so much content? Why do you spend so much time and money on this when you could be doing other things?
1: There's a time, man. I was spending 15 and 20 grand a month on my content machine. And it's interesting what it did. Uh, it was it was very, very powerful. And that was right though, when I was also starting to understand the difference between making content like a content maker versus content like a marketer. Um, and But still, uh, it still was very pack, you know impactful. I'm glad that I did it. I, I actually tend to think of it like um, you know, everything that you do at the very, 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 very bottom of the value ladder um, is for relationships. That's really it. And uh, I'm just getting people to, to understand who I am, see if they like my vibe, you know, and if they, if they trust me, if they trust what I'm doing and the messages. And um, the purpose of the publishing, I really feel like there's, there's two things for it. The first is to feed the current following I want to feed them. I want to, and I tend to go a little bit deeper on those styles of content. I'll go a little bit deeper in the material, a little bit deep, a little more nerd speak. There's a second kind of content that we go for though. And we strategically plan it where we go through and specifically attack certain long tail YouTube keywords we've identified. And we'll make a video just about that. And uh, it's edutainment. I'm a goofball. So it's super fun. I'm a, you know, I, but it's still educating, the purpose of it is if we've been doing this, especially the last like few months, and already out of the gate, the style that we're doing right now is performing three to 10 times better in a wow. few weeks than everything else we've ever done ever. And so it's, it's, we we take a moment to plan like, hey, this, this is going to feed the current audience. We need to do that. And those are some of my favorite ones to do because they're my kind of brain dump you know, episodes where I'm just riffing on some thought that I had exploring it. And they're like, this is so juicy raw. Like those are the people, and I love those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones where I'm like, here you can come to this event or come over here. Like those are the ones who are usually the most ready to buy. But then there's others that are just a little more awareness, get more reach and go further videos. And those are far more strategic, keyword heavy, really planned out things. Yeah. So I do it like crazy because it, it pulls people in. They get to know me a little bit. And then it also gives me a platform to push to, to these other things. And once I'm done, I mean, I did a whole event on this one topic. <laughs> so uh, This is a huge, uh, teaching the strategies and all the pieces behind it. But like once I'm done, what's cool is those, like those videos are leaving. They, they're all over the internet, yeah. you know? And um, um, because ClickFunnels is my market, when you Google things around ClickFunnels, I pop up, which is by plan, right. <laughs> so, right? And and they come on in, and I say, "Go get ClickFunnels." I'm selling ClickFunnels still. Go get ClickFunnels. Don't use me for that. I don't have it, you know. And people, I get this all the time. Hey, I can't log into my account. I'm like, I don't work for ClickFunnels. They're like, Are you serious? I'm like, Yep. <laughs> but thank you, content and positioning that's very covered. All right. Clever. right. And, and so it's uh, I'm waiting for the ClickFunnels, waiting for them to go through one funnel way challenge, waiting for them to get a little bit maybe frustrated with like, Hey, I don't understand how this works. Then. They become a dream client and future customer of mine, not before I yeah. want, I, I cannot be their first funnel related purchase. I cannot be their first introduction into the funnel world. That's all click funnels. Yes. I am sitting on the side serving the clients of click funnels who don't quite understand how something plays out. And that's who I position myself as and the content just feeds and supports that.
0: Guys, one of the things that we're going to talk about on the workshop next week, and I think this is just a perfect segue with it with content, is that specific thing of content positioning and what content is designed to do what. Um, Two of the the platforms that we will talk heavily about on there is we're going to talk about Facebook groups and we're going to talk about podcasts. Um, And I'm going to show you the the deadly combination between the two of them. Like if you've got those two things set up, it's like all lights out because you've got this Facebook group at the center of everything that you do. And then you've got your podcast to really like pull out, nurture and, and upsell dream customers essentially from that. But with that, that, that those content pieces of like what goes where and, and how to meet your customer and how to speak to that. We are going to talk a lot about that. So josh slash workshop. Um, with that, Steve, what would you tell someone who is like, they have a business and like they haven't made it yet, but like they, they know what they sell. Right, and maybe the offer isn't perfect yet but they've they've had some traction with it. they're like you know here, here here's where we're at, here's where we're going with it. They haven't started producing content yet. they don't have a Facebook group yet. they have some customers, they've got results. Why content like what is what is that first step, and why is that going to change their business for content itself for content itself?
1: I always think of launching in in two different phases. Um, I started keeping track of the different things that people do to bring a product to a marketplace and then keep it in the marketplace. And those are two separate lists. And so what I've did is I broke them out in two separate things again. And one is like there's launch campaigns and then there's evergreen campaigns and a campaign is not a Facebook ad. Um, it's the way it's usually it's, it's a micro series of events leading to a main event. Right. And so again, the way Hollywood launches a product or movie, is they always do the same kind of thing. It's like, hey, little mini preview, little mini preview, drop it in distribution or TV shows as little ads, put it on YouTube, get the actors to go on the Tonight Shows. Like that's how they create buzz for the launch of a product. Um, and so it's a different list of activities though when you're going to evergreen things. And one of the reasons why I say so strategic in the way I create and publish content is again, I'm not just out there figuring out cool things to talk about that is definitely a, a silo of topic though yeah of, of content for me cool stuff to talk about but what I'm really doing like a marketer is I am trying to figure out how to create buzz and pieces of content to announce the launch of something and then I kind of mentally shift and I'm like let's go now create content to keep yes. it out the door yes. and it's the evergreening activities content it doesn't leave like and that's the benefit of that's why I do it so much is because for ads I got to pay for it all the time I pay for it if no one does it it's it's literally dead cost like I I don't I can't get it back nothing else with content though it is long game so people were like I haven't got any money back from it like I haven't playing the game for a few years you know and so we get a lot back from it now but it's a long game and you have to have that vision with it but one of the reasons why some of my stuff sells so well is because I so aggressively look at what we offer and I'm like What pieces of content can I create to cause and understand and help people see there's more belief in that product and that product and that product? What are the biggest false beliefs still people are having around that? Even though they saw my sales message, these, these, and these cool, let's go make podcast material. They don't know is sales material and we'll hook back to that thing. Bam, 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 bam. So you start being able to control the conversation a lot more around what you actually deliver to a marketplace. And in terms of evergreening and consistency in the game and lasting in this game, and not being in a launch business, there's, there's nothing else that's better, in my opinion, than, than content. It's it's security. It's a it's a parachute.
0: Guys, ah, oh, this is so good, Steve. Thank you, like, thank you, thank you for like doing that. This is like all the things we're talking about here because understanding, like, for example, what you just said there, topics. People are like, how do I come up with things to say? I'm like, I spend like you maybe right, exactly. I spend like maybe twenty percent of my time being like. I'm gonna talk about this because I'm passionate about talking about this and I think my audience might like it, right? Right. I spend like 80% of my time going, oh, what is it that my audience is (laughs) needing to learn or understand? Where are they stuck? And let me literally just go and create a top video on that specific thing. There's no question- that ties back to the product. That that ties right back to the product or the training or whatever it is. And not only then does that fill your pipeline with content, but your audience then goes, they consume it and they go, Oh, now I see just like you see the value of said product or said yeah. tactic or said whatever, and it's like your the content educates your audience, right? content doesn't really sell your audience. I mean yes, there's webinars and things for that or whatever, but like imagine just your your audience just sitting there consuming, 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 and then all of a sudden you go to them if someone has consumed your content for a month, three months, six months, 12 months, a year, you know, two years. And then you go, Hey, would you like to buy something? Like, what do you think that they're going to say? No, of course, they're not going to say no. They're going to say yes. Right. They're going to go in and they're going to take that next step. They're going to go through and do that content keeps you relevant. And it simply content is literally the delivery mechanism for your message. And when you understand that it's like, how do you expect to have a business, have an impact, have anything without delivering your message? Like,
1: especially on the internet, man. What is the internet content? Liter- all of it. One hundred percent of the internet business, and not actually have content. I don't understand that people like. You have to have content by virtue of being on a content related business.
0: I don't. <laughs> you get it. You got to do it. Steve, thank you. I appreciate it. I want to be respectful of your time because um, we're coming up here on time. But yeah. kind of last thing before we tune this out and, and wrap it up here. Um, what's next for you? We got COVID's really changed some things for you. Live, yeah, live but honestly, I'm
1: excited about it. Like uh, we had to cancel OfferMind because it was a physical in-person event just like everyone else canceling theirs. But instead the exact same dates we're doing one called Offer Launch. I recognize that everything that I've been teaching in OfferMind, it's funny, man. I have a 12 step process that, that like is what I personally use every time I launch an evergreen something. <laughs> OfferMind only teaches like three step six. <laughs> Literally that first half. I've never taught my actual launch strategies. But I have a ton of them and I've been going out and teaching them in some of my higher level groups. So mm. we decided to do an event called Offer Launch. Uh, same dates that will teach how I actually bring something to a, to a marketplace. That'd be fun.
0: Nice. Can people sign up for that or do they have to be in your program? Yeah,
1: no, they can. It's uh, offerlaunch.com.
0: Offerlaunch.com. Guys, we'll link that down below. Uh, when are the dates for that? Uh,
1: September, September 17, 18, 19. All We're right, still so- building actual. Uh, URL. So it may or may not be up when you see this.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we'll put it up there anyway. You guys can go check it out depending upon when you're listening to this. It may or may not be live. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Um, We've done rapid fire questions with you a bunch. So instead of doing rapid fire questions, I'm just going to ask you one final kind of question to, you know, kind of go through this. Um, Imposter syndrome. It's this thing that everybody deals with. Everybody, right? Myself, I'm sure you, I'm sure Russell, I'm sure everybody out there has this level of, I'm not good enough. It's already been done. No one will listen. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is. And ye- yesterday we opened up regist- or Two days ago, um, now um, we opened up registration for um, you know the, the workshop. And it it crushed. Awesome. Like over three hundred people registered. You know the first day. You know yeah. coming in. And like I've done a lot of launches. This is the first time I've gone through a launch with a coach. And I'm yeah. like showing up a different way. And I'm trying things a different way. And like yesterday, it was like one of the most intense mental battles i have faced in a long time like i mean like physically like physical energy draining mental battles right Uh, of everything right yeah what what is your advice to the person that's getting started and is like i'm terrified to put out content because i don't think i'm good enough and i don't think anybody's gonna listen
1: there's some some good news and then there's some hard truths at the same time good news again, is that is literally everyone has experienced that, you know, just like you, you just said, everyone has experienced the imposter syndrome, every single person. And, and it's, there's a difference though between imposter syndrome and truly not being good enough. Yeah, You know what I mean? You really may not be good enough. And that's going to be a hard truth that I'm going to put out there. It's like, maybe you're like, Hey, I don't feel good enough. You know, someone who's just starting medical school probably isn't good enough for heart surgery yet either. You know? <laughs> so like, maybe you do need to get better. But if you know your stuff and you know you know your stuff and you're still feeling like you're not good enough, I totally understand. Everybody's like, we've all gone through that. Um, I honestly think the best thing to do is to remove its power. Mm. And the way, one of the ways that I do that is uh, this is how, this is, what, this is how. First of all, I don't hide from the emotion. Um, I've always said, this is my three steps, man. I, I, I did this to myself hardcore last week, actually, because um, I was doing a big event. And I got nervous, still, always do, but number one, I feel the feeling. That's what I call it, step one, feel the feeling. Meaning, I'm a human being, I am emotional, we will all always be emotional. I don't think the point of humanity is to become a robot. Yeah. You know, you can become a stoic, you know, you can become calm in the middle of a storm. And I think that that's very strength, I mean, that's amazing, you, you, everyone should learn. I would lo- rather learn how to do that like sipping chamomile tea in the middle of a hurricane, you know, in the middle of a war zone, then have regrets in my life, right? And I didn't go try something, yeah. So, but I, the the mistake people make is that we experience emotion and then we try to deal with it by acting like it's not there. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not scared. I'm not nervous. No, 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 no. I'm not. And we, we put these walls up. But what that does is literally distances you from self. You know what I mean? You, you literally start to split. So you have part of you and part of your energy that's dedicated to self experiencing the fear. Yeah. But you also have another part of you who is trying to act like it's not there. And that's one of the reasons why you get drained so fast. Like you literally just split self, right? So one of the th- things I do first is I make sure that I number one, feel the feeling. If I am freaked out, like I'll tell you, every time before Final Hacking Live, getting on that stage, I'm scared, man. <laughs> I am scared. What if I pick my nose up there? I don't know. You know, What if like classic classic Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction? I don't know. You know I don't know. Right, right. But I want to – I get freaked out. And what I do is I make sure to confront the beast. That's what I call it. I'm going to look at it. And if I'm feeling fear, I want to feel the full experience of fear get me afraid. If I'm feeling anxiety, feel full feelings of anxiety. If I'm feeling happy, full feelings, whatever it is, I want to experience uh, the emotion to its complete extent. This is weird. I know it's my own thing. It doesn't yeah. come from anything, but this is my three steps. So number one, feel the feeling to the full extent of whatever that means. Number two, this is a key piece because otherwise you'll get lost in number one. And I spend time in number one, right? If, if there is uh, if I've, I feel the feeling, I really experience it. If something really big is going on in my life, I feel it on purpose. I don't mask, I don't numb. I try not to, you know, I don't I don't run or escape. I try not to. And it's all normal for us to do that to get away. No one wants to be uncomfortable forever. But I do the best job that I can to experience the emotion for as long as I feel like I need to. I can't compare my timeline to others, can't compare my my progress to others. It is me against me, especially in that scenario. Mm. The second thing that I do though, and this is so key, is, so number one, feel the feeling. Number two, I realize I'm not my feeling.
0: Mm. This is
1: where I begin to separate myself from it and say, okay, I experienced that and that's okay, but I'm also not that. I'm not fear, I'm not angry, I'm not, I'm experiencing fear, I'm experiencing anxiety, I'm experiencing happy or nervousness or whatever it might be. I'm experiencing, I'm not that though. And by understanding that it really helps me to, I was doing this right before backstage, man, again, just I <laughs> this is my thing. And so what I do is number one, feel the feeling. Number two, I'm not the feeling. And I take a moment to distance myself. And what that allows me to do is kind of take a 30,000 foot view and, 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 and watch me experiencing the thing. And it's been nice to do that because it allows me to actually have a setup for number three. And the third step for me is, uh, micro wins. That's Mm. it. I got to go set up some kind of momentum. I got to go have some micro wins. I got to have daily, daily wins and I got to celebrate them. And if I don't celebrate them, it's not a complete win. Yeah. Right. And so I, that that's really it. And so if someone's feeling imposter syndrome, totally get it totally normal. Also don't try to act like you're not. Yeah. You're feeling it after a while realize though, that's not you. Sure. Number three, how can I get little micro wins? Love it. Love it.
0: Steve, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. We have a workshop next week. I know that uh, you and I have done some stuff together on Facebook groups, Instagram, stuff like that. Any, uh, any words of advice for people that might be considering uh, attending the workshop? Yeah.
1: Uh, um, Josh knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs>
1: Josh reached out, just so you guys know, Josh reached out to me and he was like, Hey man, you should have a group. And I was like, nah. And he goes, no, so you should have a group. And I was like, ah. And he goes, all right. Let me show you why you need a group. And he went off and he just set it up. And he was like, he even created templates where he's like, he wrote the bios and everything except for the parts that you know he would need me to write. So he just had me log in and put them in there. And then like, <clears> there's <throat> like 15,000 people in that group now. Actually, I think more than that. And it's exploded and it's become one of these staples of my entire company. So <laughs>
0: listen to Josh. Knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, Steve Larson, everybody. If you'd like to attend the workshop, we're going to link all the details down below. Josh40.com slash workshop. It is free. It's five days long. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have over a thousand people there. It will be like super, super cool. And we're going to teach you the strategies that we did for Steve and for Brad Gibb and for the Axe Brothers and for Damon and for just everybody else uh, that we're doing it with. And we're going to have a ton of fun. Steve, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks, man. Guys, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are gonna be the ones that change the world. I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.